It's to me, Paul Hassan Hercali, right? That was the Sunday Escape. See ya. See ya. RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Tom Warden. The top stories. The financial secretary says last week's financial summit underpinned the SAR's credentials as a financial hub. The government says it's still pressing ahead to work on Article 23 laws, but there's no deadline for the task. And the semi-final lineup is complete at the Hong Kong Sevens. Financial Secretary Paul Chan says the Global Financial Leaders Investment Summit, which ended on Thursday, has showcased to the world that Hong Kong is opening up and resuming normalcy. Writing on his blog, Chan says participants told him they could experience the SAR's unique advantage and extensive opportunities as an international financial hub. He says there will be another finance summit next year. The Secretary for Justice says authorities are working full steam ahead to prepare for the legislation of Article 23, but there's no deadline for the task. Speaking on a radio program, Paul M. said he wants to ensure that the law can tackle risks facing the SAR and even in the foreseeable future, and the Department of Justice is looking at relevant laws overseas. His deputy, Horace Chung, brushed aside concerns that Article 23 would limit people's freedom, saying that it could protect them. President Biden and Barack Obama have taken to the stage together at a campaign rally in Pennsylvania ahead of Tuesday's midterm elections. Mr. Biden said the elections would shape the country for decades to come, while Mr. Obama said fundamental rights were on the ballot. A fair economy that gives working people a fair shot, that's on the ballot. Fundamental rights are on the ballot. Truth and facts and logic and reason and basic decency are on the ballot. Democracy itself is on the ballot. The stakes are high. President Biden's predecessor, Donald Trump, has urged voters in Pennsylvania to vote Republican. The winner in Pennsylvania could determine which party controls Congress. The UN human rights chief, Volker Turk, has urged Elon Musk to ensure that human rights are central to the management of Twitter, following the billionaire's purchase of the company and his decision to sack the entire human rights team. The BBC's Imogen Folks has more. The letter from the UN's human rights chief to the world's richest man sets out six fundamental principles he expects Twitter, and therefore Elon Musk, to uphold, including protection of free speech, avoidance of harmful disinformation, and a ban on content that incites violence or hatred. Mr Turk says he's writing with concern and apprehension, adding that the sacking of half of Twitter's staff, including its entire human rights team, is not an encouraging start. The new leader of the far-right National Rally Party in France has said he wants to heal the country's divisions. 27-year-old Jordan Bardella has taken over from Marine Le Pen. Critics say Miss Le Pen remains the real source of power in the national rally. She said she wasn't leaving the role to take a holiday. Je ne quitte pas la présidence de notre mouvement pour partir en vacances. Je reste. I am not leaving the presidency of our movement to go on holiday. I remain more mobilized than ever. There will be no rest for me as for each one of us until we have straightened out the country for the future for the movement. And as for France, it goes without saying that I will be where the country and the national cause will need me. Continuing overseas, Pakistan's government has immediately reversed a ban on the broadcast of speeches by the opposition leader Imran Khan. The media regulator had announced the measure yesterday, saying he'd made comments that threatened national security. Mr. Khan, who was shot in the leg at a protest march on Thursday, has accused senior members of the government and the military of plotting to kill him. 
BBC's Samira Hossein reports from Islamabad. The ban on local media broadcasting speeches by former Prime Minister Imran Khan was barely invoked before it was revoked. Setting rules against making comments that would incite violence, the country's broadcast regulator said airing allegations by Imran Khan without editorial oversight was a violation of Pakistan's constitution. But the government quickly overruled the media authority and demanded the ban be lifted immediately. All of this comes a day after Mr. Khan accused the country's Prime Minister home minister and head of the intelligence service of plotting to have him assassinated. To the weather forecast, mainly cloudy with a few rain patches and moderate to fresh northeasterlies. Still slightly cooler with one or two rain patches tomorrow morning, becoming fine with daytime temperatures rising in the next following few days. Currently it's 22 degrees Celsius with the relative humidity 75%. You are listening to RTHK and the time is five minutes past one. Hundreds of demonstrators have occupied the private jet section of Amsterdam's Schiphol Airport, preventing aircraft from taking off. The protest was organized by two campaign groups who called for a ban on private jets and on short-haul plane journeys. The BBC's Paul Moss has more details. They've long been a particular target of environmentalists. Private jets pump out ten times as much carbon dioxide per passenger as regular aircraft, according to Greenpeace. The campaign group joined with protesters from Extinction Rebellion Netherlands, sitting in front of the planes to stop them taking off. Military police moved in and detained what they said were a number of people. A spokesman for Schiphol Airport said it was hoping to achieve zero carbon emissions by 2050. The Dutch transportation minister has said his government is considering whether to include the issue of private jets in the country's climate policy. Sport. And with the latest from the Hong Kong Sevens, we cross to Mike Weeks at the Hong Kong Stadium. Thanks, Tommy. And the semi-final lineup is complete for the first Hong Kong Sevens for three and a half years. And there's a familiar look to it with Fiji up against Pacific rivals Samoa. But the reigning Hong Kong Sevens champions were far from impressive in their 12-7 win over South Africa, while Samoa were also lucky to get past Argentina, Owen Nui touching down in sudden death to take it for the South Pacific Islanders 1914. Current World Seven Series champions Australia are also through to the last four but had to dig very deep against Ireland with three, tri three late tries to snatch that one 26-19. They'll play France for a place in the final. They've just beaten the US comfortably 28-14 in a shower of rain. The cup semi-finals start at 3.45 but before that, Hong Kong are back in action in less than half an hour from now against their greatest Asian rivals, Japan, in a playoff for 13th place. The hosts have improved throughout the tournament and were desperately unlucky not to break their losing streak against World 7 Series regulars, Canada. After conceding two early scores, Hong Kong hit back with tries from Max Woodward, Russell Webb and Yu Kam Sheng to take the lead. But Tom Isherwood silenced the stadium putting Hong Kong out of the bowl, 1917. This is Mike Weeks at the Hong Kong Sevens for RTHK. Thanks, Mike. On now to football and the English Premier League, where Manchester City are back on top of the table after some late drama in their match against Fulham at the Etihad. Erling Haaland's 18th league goal of the season came courtesy of a stoppage time penalty, which he converted in their 2-1 victory. Haaland came off the bench after recovering from a foot injury. City had Joao Cancelo sent off in the first half, but battled back to take the win and go a point clear of Arsenal, who travelled to Chelsea this evening. Here's City boss Pep Guardiola. 
We played really good 90 minutes. If I played 65 minutes, 10 to 11 against Fulham is not easy. Without the ball and with the ball, we were in the right tempo to play, waiting the, the right moment. And uh, yeah, it was, was really, really good. One of the best experiences we ever had here. So, and after see with our people together, and uh, yeah, it was a great, great afternoon for us. Leeds came back from 3-1 down to beat Bournemouth 4-3 in a thrilling match at Ellen Road. Home fans had booed the team at halftime, but the atmosphere couldn't have been more different after 90 minutes. The win leaves Leeds in 12th. Brighton came from behind to beat struggling Wolves. The winner, a late Pascal Gross goal that made the score 3-2. It's a second win in a row for Brighton, who are now up to sixth in the table. Elsewhere, bottom side Nottingham Forest equalized in the dying minutes to draw 2 all with Brentford. And in the late game, Everton lost 2-0 at home to Leicester. And that's the news from RTHK. Radio 3. To Tommy for the news. We are here in the rain. It's coming down at the moment and the uh, entertainment is uh, on in full effect. Uh, we'll be getting back to the rugby in a few moments. Let's get on with some music first of all. Well, oh, the sun's coming out. It's going to brighten up in a minute. 